0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. You're watching here on YouTube or listening on Apple pads, pods, or Spotify. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, November 7th, and I am here to chat WWE NXT. And this is going to be a fun show to talk about because not only do we have to break down What went down on NXT here tonight, which included the return of NXT Women's Champion Lyra Valkyria, we also had none other than a big news day for NXT, because we found out some news about where they're going to be next year which is going to be on the CW network. And then of course we had a confrontation between trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes that left us with more questions than answers, maybe even a little bit of self doubt, depending on where you were at in terms of what you were thinking about this feud and so much more. But before we get started, I wanna thank everybody who is here, uh, who's joining the stream. I appreciate you all very much. And I wanna start things off with uh, giving a shout out to Sheldon Jackson once again, continuing his streak. here with the DWO memberships. I think this is the 20th day in a row that Sheldon Jackson has sent in memberships uh to each of the streams here on the channel. So thank you so much to Sheldon. I know I appreciate it. I know a lot of people here appreciate it as well because they get free memberships and free stuff are great. Woo! All right, thank you so much to Sheldon. Once again, guys, if you want to help support this show, give a little love, help support. You are more than welcome to send in a super chat. Super chats also get your question your comment your statement your hot take your hope your cold take your recipe whatever it is right here on the stream and we're gonna have a good time so let's get to it everybody. I want to start things off with the big news of the day and that was that NXT is going to be moving over to the CW network in about a year. So October 2024 is when we're going to start seeing NXT no longer on the USA network but instead the CW network and it's a five year deal so we're going to be seeing them there uh, almost through like 2030 which is even crazy to even think of that time period. I don't want to think that far ahead. But that's where we're at with NXT. This is when I saw the news, when WWE sent out the press release making the big announcement, I just thought, damn, that is freaking cool. And the reason for that is that CW is really it's in so many freaking homes, everybody. And I feel like for the most part, CW originally was doing a lot of the superhero type shows you would see, I I would watch Riverdale on the CW. But I know that they had so many other shows like uh, Green Arrow, they had Flash. They had so many other ones. I don't really watch superhero shows, but I know that they were on there. And so that network to me has kind of been in recent years kind of stuck on that. But I know that now they're moving more towards sports and putting more sports programming on the CW. So it looks like they're kind of changing, rewiring things at the network. And so having WWE programming on the CW is their way of trying to get more of a sports audience. And I know that the they had said that they're looking more to getting an older audience as well as a newer audience brought in over to the CW in the mix with the audience that they already have so i know that they're kind of rewiring things there and so having nxt be part of this this feels like a big deal especially given the fact that this is their developmental brand everyone like this is wwe's developmental brand so for them to get a deal like this is pretty damn freaking cool so this was good news i consider this a big win for wwe for wwe nxt in particular of course but really good stuff across the board so i'm very excited uh to see the big move to cw and i'm wondering what new things we might be seeing Once they actually move over, like, I don't know what kind of differences we might be seeing either in the sets and the branding in terms of presentation, because there's a lot of things that are already working on. NXT and a lot of you guys already know what those things are especially if you watch the program on a weekly basis you guys know what's working for NXT and so I keep, I hope they keep those things moving and now it makes even a lot more sense as to why we saw this whole new effort be put on the NXT brand because for a while it kind of seemed like they were kind of just thrown out there when we saw the rebranding of this very colorful version of NXT when it was NXT 2.0 it kind of felt like there was so much coming to us all at once and it was a little bit hard right in the beginning it was a little bit hard to really get used to this whole new world especially when we were so used to this black and gold brand and the black and gold brand was so very well respected and had such a hardcore fan base and I know that a lot of people decided to not give NXT 2.0 a chance. And I know that a lot of people decided like, oh, wow, if they're not going to be having the kind of matches that they're having that they did when it was the black and gold brand, then I'm not interested, right? And so in terms of like the audience, I still feel like the audience feels different. The audience does feel different from like the black and gold era, especially because, oh my gosh, like we remember what their shows were like on the network. What, if you ever went to a show, you know what that was like, what the specials were like. The, what the takeovers were like all of that but with that being said once they kind of scrapped the 2.0 and started to focus a little bit more on adding quality in ring wrestling on top of the stuff that they were already doing right with this new version of NXT I feel like they found a really nice balance on the show and so now like you're starting to see some rewards here so uh, exciting stuff looking forward to NXT being on the CW. We got Stephen Marchuli here who sends in a super chat saying, I'm wondering if CW getting NXT opens up Disney for raw. I have no idea guys like this to me. It's funny because I feel like we all had all of these predictions on what was going to happen where what place was going to get what what show was going to go where and so far it's starting to feel like places are like things are coming up that maybe we didn't even consider, right? And so looking at this, I think is a fun move, but I don't know what that means for, for Monday Night Raw. Stephen Marchulli, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate that a whole lot. We also got Seth Irov, uh, who also just came in here, and he just became a member, I believe. So Seth, thank you so much for becoming a member of the DWO. All right, let's keep it going. Let's see what people are saying here, by the way, about this. We got fly as fresh as Prince who says, just bring back the black and gold NXT. That was the best wrestling ever. Not saying this NXT is not good, but I just miss the fast paced wrestling. Other than that, NXT today is effing awesome. I feel like first, like I don't think they need to b- bring back the branding of the black and gold NXT Right, we know that nostalgia and it's so weird to say that NXT black and gold now would technically count as nostalgia because nostalgia kind of always works and always gets people. But personally, I feel like they've invested so much time and so much effort into what they've been doing right now that I like what they're doing in terms like leave the branding for the most part as is like, I'm sure they're going to tweak it, of course, but I'm fine with it not being the black and gold brand anymore. But I feel like the wrestling's going to get better as we continue on seeing all of these talents develop because that's kind of where we were at. We started and a lot of the matches were really rough, but as we've gone on seeing the talents develop in their developmental brand, we've definitely been seeing better wrestling on the show. And then of course it helped to have the main roster people come in every now and then and have certain feuds. So I think that definitely helped a whole lot and also getting more eyeballs to people that may have given up on NXT or didn't wanna give NXT a chance so good stuff there fly as fresh as Prince thank you so much for sending in your uh, thoughts on this one here and all right so let's go ahead and uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and keep it going guys I want to get into a lot of what we saw on NXT today and I want to start things off with Lyra Valkyra because she is back and this ended up going in a direction that I really wasn't expecting. So Lyra returned. She's the new NXT Women's Champion. Obviously, we saw her defeat Becky Lynch on week one of Halloween Havoc. And now she's back. All right, by the way, I want to take a second to shout out Lyra's look. She looked phenomenal today. I loved the top bun that she was wearing with the red lip. It really, really made her look because she has to now as champion, you're going to want to up your game, right? And part of upping your game is kind of changing a little bit of your presentation and how you present yourself to everybody in terms of your look. You want to look like a freaking star and I love what she wore out there today. I don't know if she's going to be changing her gear. I'm pretty sure her gear and her look is going to stay as is. It's pretty cool what she's got going right now, but I love how different she looked when she's not in her wrestling gear. And I kind of want to see a little bit more of that because I feel like the look that she has right now when she wrestles, I still feel like it might need to be just a little bit tweaked, just a little bit, just to make it feel more larger than life more more star presence I think that's the change that I would like to see in Lyra Valkyra's actual ring gear but when it comes to her just coming out there and in her regular clothes oh I loved it I loved it and it feels and it's weird because now I start I'm starting to feel like because based on Lyra's clothing like what she wears what based on her gear you, I don't know, you would kind of expect her to dress differently. And so now I'm starting to feel like maybe it's not entirely matching her personality, what we're seeing right now out of her gear. So I don't know, I I get this vibe that We that that it's not totally her personality. I get a little bit more of a glam vibe from Lyra Valkyra than I did before I saw her in her actual street clothes. So anyways, that's just what I want to throw out there. And so I'm curious to see how Lyra is going to be presenting herself in the coming weeks. But anyways, the thing that was unexpected in all of this was lyra so she goes out there and she's talking about how she's putting over becky lynn she's putting over her hero and she's putting over the fact that she was able to defeat her but then out of nowhere ziya lee comes through she comes through the crowd she confronts lyra and asks her if she saw what she did to her hero on monday night raw for those of you who missed it Zaya. Went out there and took out Becky Lynch before she could actually make it to the battle royal. And so Becky Lynch was essentially put out from it. And Zaya Lee and Becky Lynch have been having a little feud going over on Monday Night Raw. But now Zaya Lee is out here confronting Elira Valkyra. And I first saw this as okay, we know that Zaya is really just a filler feud for Becky Lynch over on Monday Night Raw. Like, we're, I don't really feel like many of us are taking this feud or this storyline very seriously, because it feels like it's going to come and go with the wind. But now that they've incorporated Lyra into this, I don't mind this and you want to know why I don't mind this? Well, first of all, Zia Lee, coming to NXT, obviously, she has a past and a history with NXT and different versions of herself, but she still has a past with NXT. But coming down to NXT and having this confrontation with Lyra I like because of course it ties in the connection that they have, which is Becky Lynch. But the other thing that I like is if they do do a match between Lyra and Ziya, which I would hope that they do. If not, then this confrontation was meaningless to me. I hope that they do a match because Lyra getting a victory over a main roster talent. Granted, it's not Becky Lynch anymore. It's Zia Lee, but she's still a main roster talent. So having Lyra's first defense be against Ziya Lee, And she defeats Xia I think it's a nice little extra boost to her, her title reign kicking it off with defending the title against somebody that's on the main roster. So I, even though I wasn't expecting this, and I wasn't expecting this direction at all, I did not mind it whatsoever. And that's interesting, because I say that with the fact that I haven't liked this feud with Zia Lee and Becky Lynch on Raw. In fact, I've kind of hated it, mainly because I felt like they really set up Zia Lee for failure by making her go out there and asking Becky Lynch for a match. And then Becky Lynch says yes. And then Zia Lee decides to take it back. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Who, who, who ever goes up to anybody to ask for something? And when they say yes, you go, oh, well, not right now. Who does that? Nobody, if you're a heel or your baby face, it's done regardless if you're a heel or a baby face. So for that reason, it really, really killed my interest in xylee and Becky Lynch on the main roster. So I was kind of just like, ah, oh, whatever. I'm gonna watch the show. I'm gonna see how it plays out, but I'm not really gonna be. Enter- I'm not planning on being entertained by it. Is what I'm saying. Like I'm not planning on. Really fully investing myself into this story, right? I was it was just gonna be there for me. But again, I like incorporating her over to the NXT side for the Lyra Valkyria situation. So eh, it's making it work. Making it work. I'm cool with it. Will Chisholm sends in a super chat saying, I gotta say, I do love how they are blending storylines on Raw and NXT with Zia Lee, Triple H and HBK are really trying with her. And then on top of that, for example, Alpha Academy yesterday when we had that match with Akira Tozawa and Shinsuke Nakamura even though he lost right afterwards Chad Gable was saying how like oh you know don't worry you're gonna get your win back when you go over to NXT tomorrow and we're gonna be there with you it's little things like that that help make NXT feel a little bit more special because it's actually being mentioned on the show we were all like We remember this time period where NXT was its own island. Like it was not mentioned on Raw, it was not mentioned on SmackDown. It it was just never really mentioned. It was its own island. And so now to see those, those brands intertwine, it's nice. I think they've been doing a good job with that. Will Chisholm, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it very, very much. MD says, Denise was not sports entertained. I was not sports entertained with Xia Li and Becky Lynch, guys. Now, granted, like I said, I'm just going to sit back and watch whatever's put in front of me. I'm not going to stop watching or anything like that. That would be just too crazy and dramatic. But it's not the thing that I tune in for Mon- to Monday Night Raw for. So that's where I'm at with that. All right. Uh pr- <laughs> let's continue on. Tony says she's never sports entertained. I'm sports entertained. Yeah, I would say so. All right. Well, let's continue on into the Iron Survivor Challenge because it is that time of year. NXT deadline is taking place on December 9th in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And we are going to get our Iron Survivor matches once again. So the Iron Survivor Challenge was really actually very fun when they did it last year. I remember when it was first introduced, when they mentioned all the rules, everybody was like, "What the Like, this is either going to be really cool, or it's going to be a shit show. We didn't really know what to expect. But it actually ended up playing out very nicely. The people enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed it. And they're bringing it back. And I'm glad because it's a different type of matchup. And it's something cool to get a bunch of people in on the show. But for a specific reason. And the fact that it's early November, we're a month away from the show, we're starting the qualifiers, and they really built up the qualifiers. That is what I really enjoy. So last year, they did this thing where they brought in Hall of Famers, and they all sat in a table and really discussed who they wanted to be part of the of the Iron Survivor Challenge. Well, they kind of tweaked it a little bit this year. They still are bringing back Hall of Famers. Today we had Mick Foley's qualifying matches and we're gonna have JBL, Jerry Lawler, and Lita as well. But this time they are picking people to have matches against each other. So each Hall of Famer is picking a match for the men and for the women. So we got Mick Foley's picks today and Mick Foley's qualifier for the women his picks were Tiffany Stratton and Fallon Henley. And for the men, he picked DiJack and Tyler Bates. So this is fine. I like them doing this, right? It's cool. Whatever. So Mick Foley basically said that last week, we were supposed to be seeing this match against Tiffany and Fallon. And remember, we were literally sitting here last week. And we were like, damn we actually wanted to see this match between Tiffany and Fallon but Tiffany attacked Fallon during her entrance and the match never actually took place so this week we get it but as part of a qualifier and I gotta tell you I like that a lot more because clearly the two girls they already had their beef going they already had a little feud going but now there's stakes involved. And that always amplifies things a lot more. So I think them doing it this way, thumbs up much better. And unfortunately, we just got teased last week. But we got an actual matchup today between Tiffany Stratton and Fallon Henley. And here's the thing though, I gotta tell you, I really like Fallon Henley. And, but I knew Tiffany Stratton had to win this match. Like there was no way Former NXT Women's Champion Tiffany Stratton was not going to be part of this Iron Survivor challenge. There was no way at all. But that's the thing. Fallon Henley has been killing it. She's been a likable person on the show. She's been consistently featured. She's good in the ring. She she's you want to see more from Fallon Henley, right? Like we're all kind of there waiting to see when is the real breakout moment for Fallon because so far she's been part of the show. She's been there okay, cool. But we're waiting to see her kind of take that next step, frick, take that next leap into whatever is next in her career, or at least on NXT. So her taking the loss here, I was like, damn, these are both two women that I actually want to see in this match. But whatever Tiffany Stratton, she ends up getting her win. It was what was honestly a pretty fun match. And I liked what they did for the ending. So basically for the ending, Actually, wait, before I get to the ending, I would hate myself if I forget to mention this part. There was a moment during this match where Tiffany Stratton picked up Fallon Henley and just threw her ass out of the ring. Dude, I am more gentle when I throw out my garbage, okay? More gentle when I throw out my garbage. She threw Fallon Henley out like she was not a human being. She just freaking tossed her out. It was great. Uh, Sorry, Fallon, but it was phenomenal. And I liked it too, because I know that I know that I wasn't the only one because right away they had like all of these crowd shots of people reacting to that toss. And like everybody had the oh damn reaction to that. So I did like that part. But anyways, fast forward to the ending we end up seeing Tiffany Stratton hit Fallon Henley with a powerbomb. But Fallon Henley kicks out. Then afterwards, she ends up going for her prettiest moonsault ever. Fallon moves out of the way. And then eventually we see Tiffany kind of chop block her on the leg and then takes advantage, hits her prettiest moonsault ever and gets the victory over Fallon Henley here. So Tiffany Stratton continues on. She qualifies. She is going to be in the Iron Survivor Challenge for the women. And we got four more spots left, though. Four more spots. I'm looking at this and I'm going, who are we filling in on these four spots? Now, send in your predictions. I know one of them has to be Kiana James because Kiana James and Tiffany Stratton later on in the show had this little backstage segment where they seem to become friends, where her and Tiffany seem to get along because they're both bougie and mean. So they're both mean girls. So they get along because of that. And so I'm expecting Kiana James to be in it. But the other people that I'm thinking, who can they add to this match? I would personally like, okay, so I think they're going to add Ava Rain. Or if she's not added to the actual match, I definitely think she might be having a qualifier because we did see Ava Rain They didn't really focus in on this, but during one of the segments that they were doing, behind the scenes, you can see Ava Rain going into Shawn Michaels' office. So I'm thinking that has to do with the qualifier. Who knows? But I feel... I'm, I'm thinking... I don't know if Roxanne Perez is going to be in it only because I'm kind of expecting her to be in a match with Lola Vice based on what we saw here today. I kind of have a feeling they may go that direction, but Roxanne Perez could be another one. I feel like Blair Davenport should be in it because she's been freaking kick-ass and I think she would be really kick-ass in the match. Uh, Gigi Dolan, I think, has to be in it too. I'm curious to see if they're going to give Thea Hale an opportunity here to kind of show a little something something extra and I'm wondering I don't know what's going on with Cora Jade or how much longer she's going to be out but I'm wondering if she could be a surprise and maybe somehow get incorporated into this Iron Survivor challenge because if you recall when the Hall of Famers pick the person that they want this is not just based off of two weeks or one week this is based off of their their career in nxt but then it could also be somebody who's new and who's hungry and wants to be part of the match so they can really go any direction but i do think that there are more options though on the women's side of who could be in this iron survivor challenge more so than the men because i went on the obviously to the roster page to make sure that I didn't miss anybody. And I was, I was, as I was scrolling through the roster page, I'm like, okay, I'm not expecting this person to be in it. Cause I'm pretty sure this person's going to be feuding with that person. And so it only left certain people for the men. So I feel like the women's is just going to be maybe a little bit more interesting, at least right now. We still don't know who's in these qualifying matches, but we'll find out. Anyways. So, and we got people saying that, that we should be seeing, um, Fallon Henley but yeah no she already lost so so I don't think she's gonna be in it and plus I don't like when they do the whole I mean they could do like a second chance thing but the way that they're doing it right now I don't think so because the hall of famers pick the qualifying matches but we will see and this is a super chat here from Will Chisholm who says stuff like this is how NXT got that nice deal with the CW yeah coming up and trying different things that's that's the thing I will say this We did see NXT take some risk in their programming in terms of doing and trying things. Some things didn't work. Some things have. There you go. That's the only way you're going to find out, right? Will Chisholm sends in another super chat. Thank you so much, Will. He says, I wasn't a fan of Ariana Grace's uh, gimmick until tonight. She had me laughing so hard. Yeah, she was kind of getting involved and... In the women's tag team match, and coming out and making an announcements until she finally gets attacked. I like her gimmick only because it reminds me of Miss Congeniality. And if you haven't seen Miss Congeniality, it's a really funny movie with Sandra Bullock, and it's a good one. It's like one of the ultimate chick flicks out there. So uh, if you haven't seen Miss Congeniality, I would definitely watch it. And I hope that Ariana is basing it off of Miss Congeniality in a, in a to a certain extent, possibly. don't know i'm assuming all right (laughs) uh everybody's bringing up jade cargill again i don't know how they're actually gonna debut her if she does like she should be in the iron survivor challenge if she's gonna be on nxt if she's gonna be on nxt this is the way to do it this is definitely the way to do it and sam Pye boone sends in a super chat also saying uh yeah why not say jade cargill well we don't even jade cargill's on the actual nxt brand they haven't said so for that reason she didn't pop up right away but if they are going to bring her into the nxt brand this would definitely be the it also think about it like just based off physique alone based off of physique alone jade cargill out there bragging that she's the iron survivor challenge winner it just matches I can't explain it. The name, the physique, it just goes together, right? It just goes together. Thank you so much, Sam Pye Boone, for sending in this super chat here. I appreciate that. All right. That was the women's portion of this. Let's get into the men's portion of this. McFoley's pick for the qualifier was Dijak versus Tyler Bay, And this was a very fun match. I was into this one. There was a specific moment that I really enjoyed. So we see Dijak go to the top rope. Tyler Bate follows immediately after him and he executes a suplex on Dijak, but Dijak ends up landing on his feet. And then he ends up actually getting Tyler with a boot to the face. He goes for the cover, but Tyler Bate kicks out. I really, really love that. And then we end up seeing Dijak get Tyler just with a bam, with a knee to the face, one, two, three, matches over. I'll be real with you. I did not know what direction they were going to go in with this one. I didn't know if they were going to go with Dijak. I didn't know if they were going to go with Tyler. And I feel like Tyler and Dijak are kind of similar in the way that they are both good in different ways, right? Like they're both good wrestlers, but in totally different manners. But Dijak When he was first introduced to NXT, I thought they were going to like skyrocket this guy to the moon, right? Like the way that he was presented, I thought, man, they're probably going to make him NXT champion really soon. And he went for the NXT North American Championship a couple of times, but it didn't pan out. And I feel personally that I remember more losses for Dijak than I do victories. And if he did get wins, they were just little wins here and there that didn't really amount to all that much. And so I felt that Dijak really kind of needed a win here and to be included in this challenge. But then I look at Tyler Bate, and I think Tyler Bate is one of the best wrestlers that they have on the NXT roster. And so that, for that reason, I'm thinking, damn, how do you leave out Tyler Bate out of this? But I guess they made the right decision here with Dijak. I will say that I guess the way that he's been presented on the roster. He needed that extra, that extra kick, right? That extra kick to really get him moving forward. So, I think Dijak was probably a good pick here to qualify for the Iron Survivor Challenge. Although, I do like Tyler Bate a whole lot, but this seems to be the right call. Now, for the men, I mentioned this earlier, but I do think the women have a little bit more options in terms of who realistically can be part of this Iron Survivor Challenge. I'm looking at this right now and just some names that I'm thinking of. Lexis Lexis King, of course, Nathan Frazier. I want to say Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, but I don't know where we're going to be at by then. There could be a situation where we're actually getting Trick Williams versus Carmelo Hayes by then. I don't know. So for that reason, I don't know if they're going to be in the match or if they're going to be against each other in a separate match. Then I was also thinking Joe Gacy, He's looking like he's doing a character change. He had a promo later on in the evening where he's talking about how he doesn't know what to do, but then at the same time, he does know what he's going to do. I don't know what he's going to do. I have no idea. (laughs) Realistically, no idea here. So I'm wondering if Joe Gacy is going to be one of those people in there. Ah, who knows? We'll see. And um, if you guys have any thoughts on for the men, because the women's names came rolling in of people of people that should be in this match. I'm not seeing as many names for the men. Right now I'm seeing Dr. Thanos um, put out Lexus King. That's kind of it. I'm not seeing anybody else predict any other good names. So I don't know. We'll see what they do with the men. They got to put, they got to have more like killer men in there. Jared says Axiom. Braden says Eddie Thorpe. Mm, okay. I wouldn't hate it. I, I love Axiom, by the way. But who doesn't? Axiom's pretty freaking great. All right. um, That's where we're at with the Iron Survivor Challenge. Let's move on. So I mentioned earlier that we had the... Whole Ariana Grace thing where she came out and she was introducing matches and she—I don't even know what she was saying to be honest. She was coming in and out and spewing all of this nonsense. I have no idea what she was even saying. But this was all during a tag team match that we got between the women, which was Lola Vice, who is your NXT Women's Breakout Tournament winner for this year, and Electro Lopez, and they took on Roxanne Perez and Kilani Jordan. So how this match came about is that Lola and Electra Vice are not necessarily making a lot of friends backstage. And Kalani Jordan is pissed of the way that things turned out last week and how Lola had Electra Lopez in her corner, thus helping her out. And Roxanne Perez confronts Lola and Towser. Just because you have that doesn't actually mean that you're going to become NXT women's champion. So, this led to a pretty quick tag team match, not a bad one, a very quick one, to be honest. And so, I'm thinking that we are probably going to get a little bit more out of this between Roxanne and Lola. I would actually like that though, because it feels like I'm even though Roxanne and Keilani Jordan got the win here and they're supposed to be baby's face, baby faces. I'm getting like a very small hint at Roxanne, kind of feeling just a tad bit heelish. Very, very minimal, but it's there. Even the way that she confronted Lola, I don't know. There was something there that either, maybe we're not used to seeing Roxanne. I know Roxanne, we've been seeing her change a little bit, right? We've been seeing her become a little bit more edgier, a little bit more more aggressive. We've been seeing that for the last couple of months with Roxanne, and I like that. So maybe we're just not used to it. So it's kind of reading differently because she's used to she for the longest time on NXT. She's always been like this very sweet character. Like I grew up loving WWE, and I worked hard and made the dream come true, and I'm here. That was the gimmick for the longest time, right? So now we're seeing a different Roxanne. So I don't know if I'm reading this one wrong, but... I feel like we should be expecting some sort of surprise out of Roxanne, right? Like I'm expecting her to have this real bad girl moment. I don't know when, but it's got to be coming, right? It's got to be coming. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We will see. All righty. Kaden Crawford says, Roxanne has a point. Don't make enemies when you have a cash in chance. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Lola Vice decides to do. All right, uh, I want to get into the meat of the show, which is really what happened towards the end of NXT here today, and that is the Carmelo Hayes-Trick Williams situation. So the best way to describe this is, how many of you guys watch murder documentaries? Now, I got to tell you, I watch these all the damn time, all the time right all of them. I don't care if I've never heard of the person, I will sit there and I will watch it. And there are so many times where for example, like the mystery ones where you don't know who the murderer was, where they present a case, right? And you're you're thinking, "Yes, this is the person. This is totally the person who committed the murder." But then afterwards they present some new piece of evidence. Or all all of a sudden, somebody else comes in. And there are times, and this is so weird, but there are times where people take credit for murders, even though they didn't actually commit the murder, but they still take credit for it because they want, I don't know what it is that they want, but this actually happens in these murder documentaries. With all of that being said, this reminds me of what we're seeing with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Granted, it wasn't a murder, but Trick Williams was attacked. Trick Williams was attacked, right? We don't technically know by who, but everyone's big, most obvious option is that it's Carmelo Hayes, right? You look at this and you're like, it's Carmelo Hayes. Why are we even making a big hurrah about it? It's Carmelo Hayes. We all know the answer, right? And that's how I felt for the longest time. But now I'm starting to think, is that the too obvious is it too obvious so I want to give credit to NXT here because they have successfully made me doubt myself and I don't even know why but they're making me doubt the fact that it is Carmelo Hayes so I still think it's Carmelo Hayes but they did put some doubt into me where I'm wondering, I'm not as confident anymore. And that's a good thing, right? Like you want to not know all of the answers to what you're watching, right? So we had this confrontation between Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. And here's the first thing that I wanna say that I liked about this, is that they didn't go out there and yell. They weren't like, you fucking did it. None of that. I didn't do it. No, none of that. These are two guys that had a friendship for a very, very long time. Trick Williams was the most supportive person to Carmelo Hayes. And Carmelo Hayes had so much success with Trick Williams there at his side. Now, granted, Carmelo Hayes worked for it and did it on his own, but he did have his closest friend out there rooting for him. Trick Williams, for the longest time, was just in his shadow. And remember when they decided to kind of end trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, it wasn't an ugly fight. It was just trick Williams telling Carmelo Hayes, Hey, you know what? I don't want to be on the sidelines anymore. I want to make my own accomplishments. I want to have my own career, like my own thing here on NXT. And it ended nicely. Everyone understood. It, It wasn't dramatic. It was fine. And we were all out here going like, yeah, that's good. That's different. You don't often see that. Usually one of the friends or one of the partners would turn on the other person. And that's what we normally see. But this time, things ended differently. But we have gone in multiple scenarios, multiple moments in which Carmelo Hayes doesn't seem as friendly as Trick Williams does. There's been little things, whether it's stares or just the way that he acts, the way that you think he's going to look like he's going to do something, and then he doesn't. He pulls back because something happens. We've been seeing this now for uh, several weeks. Okay, so Trick Williams gets attacked. He gets out of that, um, the four-way match, and so it doesn't happen. In this confrontation that they had, they were talking it out like two people with a past, two people that had you know, feelings for each other, right? In in a in a in a friendly way, not in a romantic way, obviously, but like in a but in a friendly way, right? They had feelings, they had a relationship, they were friends, they were best freaking friends. And Trick Williams basically tells him, I was there for you. Why can't you be there for me the way that I was there for you? And Carmelo Hayes tells him, I always thought you were destined for greatness. So at first, it seems like they may just have had a miscommunication. Happens to everybody, right? Everybody. But then Trick Williams says that he doesn't know who hit him, who attacked him. He was hit in the head. And next thing you know, he's being taken in an ambulance and he's, he's out, right? He's out of the match but he doesn't know who hit him. But he tells Hayes, all I know is that you weren't there. And Carmelo Hayes seems to be stuck on this. He's stuck on the whole idea that Trick Williams did not see who attacked him. And the fact that he was so stuck on that made me again go, he definitely did it. Because if you're guilty, and you think there's a chance you may have gotten away, then you're going to be relieved. You're be like, yes, he didn't see. I'm okay. I'm I'm good. I can continue my lies. No one's going to know. And so for that reason, I still think it's Carmelo Hayes, even though they did put some doubt into me. And then Lexus King comes out. Remember I said earlier in these murder documentaries, there's these like weirdo people that come out and they try to take credit for whatever murder it is. That's what Lexus King was to me in this whole situation. He comes out and he kind of just butts his nose into their business. And he starts to, you know, Trick tells him like, oh, mind your business. And Lexus King claims that he wants to come out here and help. And he just ends up causing more drama. And it leads to Trick wanting to punch him, but instead punches Carmelo Hayes. And then Lexus King bounces, he leaves, Trick Williams picks up Carmelo Hayes and they end up hugging. And at the closing end of this, we see Carmelo Hayes with like a really mean face, very, very mean face. So did Carmelo Hayes do it? Is he the one or did Alexis King do it? Or was it somebody else? Did they manage to make you doubt yourself? I still think it's Carmelo Hayes. I did think it's still Carmelo Hayes, guys. There's no way that this cannot be Carmelo Hayes. Oh, Christopher says, Denise, I agree with you. I believe that Carmelo Hayes did it. Vance Rawlings says, Trick attacked himself. Tony says, to be continued. Brian says, I did it for The Rock with Rakeshi doing it for The Rock. Never missed that. And... (laughs) uh kevin says mellow don't miss ah he didn't he did technically if it was him he did technically hit him and let's see what else we got here i mean there's gotta be it's gotta be him but they're doing a great job of at least making you go yeah well what if so shout out to nxt on that one Will Chisholm sends in a super chat saying uh, UT feels like they're doing a Roxanne heel turn, but it's so passive that you rely, you rarely, uh, that you rely, got to notice. Oh, that you really get to notice. PS that face metal had at the end. He looked like a killer. You see guys, these murder documentaries, they be paying off guys. I've been learning storytelling from, from murder documentaries. (laughs) What is it? Uh, I, watch all, I watch all the ones on Netflix. I watch all the ones on Hulu. Dis, I think it's Discovery ID. I think it's what it is. I forget what they're called. But I watch all of them, all right? And they be coming up with some stuff. Obviously, it's real, but you know what I mean. Will Chisholm, thank you so much for the generous super chat. I appreciate that I a whole lot. Thank you for sending that in. All right. Everyone out here is saying that it is Carmelo Hayes. All right, well, we'll see. John Deller says you were also convinced that Cody was going to win at mania. (laughs) Let's not go there, guys. I am so sick and tired. So sick and tired of talking about Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns from WrestleMania 39. I'm done. I'm tired. I've said everything there is to say I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm finished. Finished. I finished the story before. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Let's get into Von Wagner, Bron Breaker, Von Wagner, Bron Breaker. Let's get to it. I'm gonna say this. Von Wagner literally went from one of the characters that I could not care. I couldn't care less. I could not care less for Von Wagner, right? For the longest time. For the longest time. I was like, Oh, God, here we go again. Von Wagner. Why do they keep doing this? Why do they keep shoving it down our throats? All the things I thought of. Today, on Tuesday, November 7th, I enjoyed my first ever Von Wagner match. Today was the first ever match I ever enjoyed from Von Wagner. And it was his match against Braun Breaker. (laughs) So it's weird because it's kind of goofy. Really, what they're having Von Wagner do and go out there with with uh, with with him, barely with with him doing any sort of movement. And then all of a sudden he starts to get loopy like he just got off a roller coaster after eating like 20 hot dogs. And now he's looking like he kind of wants to throw up a little bit. Right. It's a little bit goofy. Let's be real. With that being said, it's working for me. (laughs) I don't know what that says about me, but it's working. So. We know that Braun Breaker basically smashed the steel steps on his head, and we know the whole backstory with him as a child, right? And so he's gone. He was in the hospital. He's in ther- He was in physical therapy. He's back because he's really pissed at what, obviously, Braun Breaker did to him, but he's also mad about what he did to Robert Stone when Robert Stone went up against him because Robert Stone wanted justice for his friend. So... Shawn Michaels tells the referee that, hey, you know what? Use your discretion in this match, given that it's kind of a little bit of a special, unique circun- circumstance with Von Wagner. So, this match gets started off pretty hot. There was some good moments. We see Braun Breaker literally leap off of the steel steps, and before he can actually hit Von Wagner, instead, Von ends up getting him with a big boot. I like that. Vaughn had some momentum at the top of this match, but then he starts again to get a little loopy. He's doing the thing and he's looking around and his eyes bug out and he steps. It's like a zombie. His eyes, his hands are out, the whole thing and so braun is able to capitalize on that weakness but don't get me wrong von wagner fights back like this isn't like braun was just beating the shit out of him the whole entire time no von got in some hits there he fights back but braun manages to take him down he gets him down with more uh punches he suplexes him and then afterwards this somehow ignites von and he starts hitting himself on his own head he's like getting fired up but he's hitting himself in his head and this is where it started working for me again it's goofy but it's working for me braun breaker hits von wagner with a low blow when the referee isn't looking and i'm thinking to myself that is the most savage thing that braun has done and you want to know why it's the most savage thing this man von wagner is already technically all messed up in the head He's all messed up. Dude has a big ass bandage on his head. It's all loop-dee-doop. And then he goes for the man's jewels. Who does that? His he's already going through things. And then he gets him with the low blow braun that is savage bro that is messed up that is messed up so braun spears von wagner on the outside he spears him in the ring he gets the win one two three i had a fun time with this match afterwards we do see von wagner get his heat back during this match and this is all with the help of robert stone because robert stone goes he hits braun breaker with a chair in the back Braun gets distracted by Robert Stone so that Von Wagner is able to end up putting him through a table and Vic Joseph had a really funny line where he said I don't care about my candy just put them through the table and so this was very very fun I think if they keep this going with Von Wagner if they keep keeping him at this type of intensity, because I think that was part of what was lacking with Von Wagner before was that we didn't see any sort of personality, no intensity, nothing. But now we're seeing a lot more intensity. So I think that there is hope there. And I feel like if they keep this going and maybe eventually get him some nice little wins, I think that we can finally start to get behind Von Wagner. So you know what? Yay. Shout out to NXT for making it work with Von Wagner, because again, for the longest time, I personally, speaking for myself, did not have any interest whatsoever, at all. So that's where I'm at with this here, and and Dr. Dano says Braun should be in the main roster. What are they doing with him in NXT? I mean, we all thought he was going to get drafted, but that didn't end up happening. We'll see what, what's going to go down. We'll see what ends up happening there. All righty, and let's keep it going, everybody. We pretty much covered everything, but there are a couple more things that I want to get into, and that is some miscellaneous topics. And miscellaneous, I threw an Alpha Academy in this one, but we ended up getting a match between Tezawa and Noam Dar. Noam Dar wins again. He, gets his, he keeps his Heritage Cup. But there's some beef between Drew Gulak and Otis that happens backstage. So this leads into a match between Otis and Drew Gulak. Very fun match. Otis is the shit. He goes out there and is just so freaking entertaining and he's funny, but not in a way that takes away from taking him seriously when he's in the ring. So I really like that. And this is a fun match. He takes out Drew Gulak with, um, with a clothesline. He does his little ca- caterpillar. He hits the elbow and he power bombs him and gets the win. Good stuff here. Really love seeing Alpha Academy thrown in here to NXT. Thumbs up. Would like to see them on NXT even a little bit more. Uh, I think we can get some really great matches with Otis and other people as well as Chad Gable and others as well. So I kind of hope that they keep this going. Brawling Brutes had a little video package where they are addressing some of the comments that reggie and his friends made on the week prior where they basically said that the brawling brutes did not grow up on the streets in this video package the brawling brutes are technically saying yes we did different streets but they still did and they kind of recap a little bit of their past butch talks about how he worked at pubs and at men's clubs and all of this and i'm like all right i believe them they look tough to me so good stuff there Ilya Dragunov has a quick promo, and uh, a videotaped promo, and he says that pretty much he's addressing the attack from Baron Corbin, saying that the only person that can slay the dragon is the dragon himself. JC Jane opens a letter that is supposed to be for Andre Chase. Now, next week, so far, only one match has been announced, and then, of course, we're going to get qualifiers We still don't know what those are, but the one match that has been announced is we're going to be seeing Chase U versus Tony D and Stax Lorenzo in a rematch for the NXT Tag Team titles. And we don't know what was in that photo. It looks like a photo that J.C. Jane opened in that letter, but she seemed very shocked and she seemed to keep it to herself. So it seems that Andre Chase may be hiding some sort of secret. I don't know. It could be just a misunderstanding where J.C. Jane thought it was something and it's going to end up being something else. Who knows? So I hope that we get to see what what that picture was or what that letter was eventually. Um all right and that was pretty much what went down on NXT everybody. Now before we um wrap up the show I just want to remind everybody that tomorrow I will be back on Wednesday to chat AEW Dynamite with Reg and then Friday I will be here to talk about Smackdown and then Saturday I'll be here for AEW Collision. So I got a full slate of shows this week but also I want to th- Thank you, guys, because so many of you guys have been coming through and checking out the Apple podcast page and leaving a review. So seriously, guys, thank you so much. I know that I've been kind of pushing it and pushing it, but I do that just so that the podcast can continue to grow. And as you all know, if you do leave a review on the Apple podcast page, I do go ahead and read the reviews on here. So I want to thank those that um, took the time to write out something on the reviews. And we got one here from Rick Rude, 7988, who says, wonderful. Every time I see Denise has something new, I'm definitely checking it out. She's really talented and funny. I love her podcasts, interviews, and shows. Uh, Rick Rude, 7988. I appreciate you so much for taking the time to do this. We have another review here from King KingDJack007, who says, Choo-choo. If you need to listen to someone who has a baby face with a heel personality, Denise is your girl. Denise is knowledgeable in many areas that deal with pro wrestling and sports entertainment. Denise has the ability to bring people from different generations together. With her hot takes and random silliness, she does indeed make you feel part of the show when she can. Denise is the go, or at least on her way to being one. King KingDJack007, thank you so much for this very kind Review and for making it la- making me laugh here. <laughs> by the way, I appreciate that baby face with a heel personality. I'm gonna use that moving forward. If you guys want to go ahead and leave a review, again, the link is in the description of this video or this audio portion. I am officially now at 85 ratings, and I'm trying to get to 100 by the end of the year. Only 15 away, and there's still two months left. But let's try to get there. Again, if you enjoy these podcasts, please do so. It really does help me out. A whole lot. Alrighty, everyone. That is it. Thank you guys so much. And I will be back here again tomorrow with Righteous Reg to talk about AEW Dynamite. Thank you, everybody. Bye.